What's up guys? Welcome to Fit Food Radio. This is episode 158 and it's me, Matt Whitmore, with Keris Marsden. You alright? I am indeed. Good. On top of the world. Good. You being honest? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, maybe Ish. stretching this truth, truth a little bit. <laughs> trying to convince yourself there. I am alright. I think we're all all right, generally, but yeah. it's hard to remember that sometimes at this point in, in 2020, isn't it, really? Oh, what a year it's been. I know. What a year it's been. Do you know, I was, I was lecturing yesterday in women's health and there was loads of questions about hormones. Yeah. And uh, there was like, what about if you're getting this symptom and what about my partner's losing their hair, why might this be? And by the way, they can do podcasts on this if you want to have further information on this but <laughs> i was talking about how hormones convert depending on like the environmental feedback and then genetically some of us are more prone to a certain balance of hormones but right. the big one people were asking about was you know why does your hair fall out for example in uh-huh. certain men so i was talking about conversion of testosterone and, and things like that and it's quite a big problem at the moment a lot yeah. of people probably don't have a lot of good reproductive health how are we talking about hormones and baldness within like really quickly, 60 seconds of starting finish, the podcast? Because it's related to 2020. Oh, is it? And so what I was talking them through was, was again, what stress might do and, and how you will downregulate certain enzymes in a state of stress in <laughs> favour of survival. You won't go into rest, digest, reproduce. And it means there's sometimes not enough of the free hormones, like free testosterone around. Anyway, and things that make it worse are alcohol and, and high insulin and stuff like that. Many things that throughout 2020 people have resorted to like comfort eating and alcohol to to feel a little bit better and I said as a result you know and someone said what symptoms might somebody have you know if they didn't have enough of these hormones and I said well for example low libido and the whole room just suddenly like sat up straight as if to say that's me definitely and I said oh by the way guys it's okay not to have a libido in 2020 like it's been quite a hard Mm. year Mm. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was going to ask. (laughs) No, because I was thinking, like, you know, and I don't mind saying this. You know, I'm 35 years old. I've I've never not had a libido. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me I haven't got libido. No, no. Do you want to turn the podcast off and talk about this? No, no. Like, so what I was going to ask you was, but what I have noticed with. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, hey, where's this going? <laughs> no, no, uh, well, no. What I've noticed <laughs> what? is, you know, like in, in my time and you know where I've had relation relationships <laughs> yes. with women, like I've I've never had I've never had an issue right. with okay. libido, whether I'm stressed, tired, whatever. Yeah, like, it yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, or but what I'm saying is, is that what I've noticed is it's more common in women. In my experience. Oh, gosh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I say it's increasingly it's, common in men, though, as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. And to be fair, like, you know, there's probably some of you listening thinking, yeah, whatever, Matt, you know, because you might think that as a bloke, it's like you can't possibly say, like, I've and got no, a low sex drive. I, I can back it up. I do my best to look unattractive a lot of the time Don't so work. that you won't pester me. Work. Sex best. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I try not brushing my hair. I don't wash for four days. <laughs> like, I haven't waxed for about five years. It just doesn't put you off. I've tried everything. But what I was going to say Got was... this work is, to do. <laughs> leave me alone. Hug her off. <laughs> was it mostly women in the, in, the, in the class? All women, yeah. There was no men in the class. Oh, but, right. I see. Uh, Interesting. But we do have... Um, I have a lot of... You know, a lot of, I see a lot of male cases with the same... Yeah. You know... I've, would present with similar symptoms and say I feel like I have low sex hormone function or low testosterone mm. and so what I'll often do is suggest they have some tests on that can be quite helpful but often it's not necessarily needed because there is some lifestyle stuff you can put in place first but without doubt the biggest thing at the moment is is I say stress but it's more um I think it is just the way that our lifestyles have changed so like we always say stress has been there for a long period of time but we we've it's it's more about we're just distracted i think all the time mm. and i even who's we everybody right. and i think it but women probably more because i would say that and this is to massively stereotype women are also devoting a huge amount of energy to thinking of other people and i don't yeah. mean to say that men don't do that but i just think women do it to a greater extent mm-hmm. and that they've got that mothering kind of intuition all the time yeah, yeah, but, I hear, I hear but it's saying. going also in the, if, if we look at for example how me and you worry about our parents I worry more about my parents than you do about your mom you you worry about your mom and yeah. you talk to me about things that you like I'd like to support her more with this that and the other 
but I go next level and I'll be like yeah. on the phone to mine. I'm you like do, yeah. writing them plans. I'm going and like <laughs> nagging them, you know, I'm, I'm like yeah. they were maybe with me as a teenager, you know, yeah. so almost like trying to not just project manage them, control as much as I can. And it's the same with my siblings and it's the same. I've learned to step back a so, lot, but. So no, I was just to say like, so like, like, would you say that women find it harder to kind of disconnect from whatever it is that might be on their mind yeah, 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 to, to yeah. be able to be in the mood, yeah. if you and, will? And I think the other side of it is when I'm not worrying or, or thinking about other people, I'm worrying that I'm not doing the right things. So I'm probably, remember, I'm coming from a background of, of someone who's been conditioned now to look a certain way to make sure I'm trying mm. to eat healthy, to exercise. And women, I think, also have this, um, again, men sometimes as well, but this this constant guilt and fear that they're not doing enough of everything, enough for them, you know, enough exercise, yeah. eating enough vegetables. Recently, I've been hit by this guilt that I'm not doing enough to save the planet from a kind of sustainability element. And just on that note, we're going to talk about something in a second that's Probably. really interesting. Okay. But I've noticed that sometimes being healthy really conflicts with sustainability and it's it's really doing my spudding like i walk around feeling guilty so i go to before we go into that i've got a question for you yeah, based on. on the previous subject you still want to go back to libido yeah <laughs> but it's let's only... talk about rudy's <laughs> talk about what rudy's rudy's we used to say that when we were kids rudy's that's hilarious <laughs> so you wouldn't say the word no um so let's say you know you were in the mood and you <laughs> I just told you I'm trying to save the planet and then you you you, you made a pass at me yeah it's bedtime we're in bed yeah and you said no and I said look I'd love to but I'm, I'm, too tired. I'm knackered yeah maybe tomorrow yeah how would you feel do you know I've asked myself that question because I mean because I've done it to you a million times oh, yeah, well, you know, yeah and the rest <laughs> yeah yeah hey. <laughs> I've asked myself that question. I'd, I it, would really struggle with it. Because it's obviously, yeah. it's never happened, right? No, but you're... But it's interesting how you're, you're more than happy to, <laughs> <laughs> to, 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 you know... There's absolutely no way on this earth this is happening right now. But the reason I asked is because I actually had this conversation um, with a friend of mine in the past, like a female friend, yeah. who um, and she openly said, like... I can't remember how we got onto the subject, but we've, you know, I've trained her for years. She's she's a friend more than anything else. And I, I asked her that question because she was saying about how, like, you know, no, no libido, blah blah blah. And and I said, all right, well, what if it was the other way around and you made a pass and your your fiance just said, nah, knackered. She was like, well, no, that's that's not on. And I was like, oh interesting she was like no 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 it can't happen the other way around but she wasn't joking like we had a laugh about it but she wasn't joking and i thought uh, you know she's being dead serious so yeah and i've just asked you the same question and it's funny how i'd probably never ask again either i'd be like right you made the first move but then we're in a pattern with it as well so it's slightly different in that you know we kind of know each other i'm more likely to be yeah as in i'm more likely to be the one that is kind of tired and distracted honestly for me it's a bit like exercise in that you know, I've said to you, I struggle to go into like a training session without doing something like a bit of cardio and a decent warm up. And there's like certain things that I need in place for me to want to train and feel really, really up yeah. for it. It's exactly the same for, let's call it nookie nookie or whatever. Rudy's. Rudy's. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same. Like I can't go from an Excel spreadsheet into feeling you know, amorous. It's it, and, and I think I don't. I don't think I'm alone here. I think and the female brain definitely works differently. You men, we've said this before. I think on a podcast, men are much more visually stimulated for a start. And for me, it's a bit like the environment's quite important. The warm up's quite important. The, there's got to be some <laughs> wow. kind of separation. Yeah, well, there's got to be like separation from like <laughs> make, domestic. Make of that what you will. Yeah, <laughs> 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 there's got to be a good warm up. Um, but the separation from the domestics and that's why most of clients feed this back to me and I totally say a similar thing it's different on holiday for example or a weekend away when you can switch off and relax and have headspace and then start to you know kind of it's quite a mindful thing I remember when we used to do um, uh, seminars with Paul Watson he would say 
he'd ask the audience to name things that are mindful and everyone would be going meditation and yoga but he would be like chopping your vegetables is mindful doing a deadlift like when you're kind of really in the moment and thinking about it and then you always say like sleeping with your partner you know like rudy's <laughs> he make, did say rudy he said rudy's <laughs> no he didn't obviously um but that type of stuff is very mindful and well, it should be yeah. we all have to, yeah you would hope it was we all have a struggle at the moment to be, I think, mindful because yeah. we're just massively distracted with the bigger picture and everything that's going on. There's also an element to which if you are quite a, I'm quite a type A, I probably I, I do too much already. I work too hard and, and push exercise probably to places I shouldn't. I don't like I push myself sometimes too hard. And I think that also I've always had really low reproductive hormones. Hmm. Um like for for a long time in my life even since yeah. I've been a teenager and I've had brain scans done and all sorts of things and they're like oh you just got really low levels of everything but equally I don't look after them very well the little ones that I do have the very small yeah. amount I'm not very good at looking after them and that's why I've seen a big difference having herbal medicine that will support the production of them but my problem with that is I sometimes then get complacent and end up still kind of pushing the boundaries and still yeah. working too hard and training too hard and your sex hormones are really um feedback for a lot of the time and this is what i say to most of my clients your hormones are a feedback and so you know we should have a libido ideally and you should have you know men make up men wake up you know with morning glory and and, and women should have times of the month especially around ovulation and you know when they should feel quite sexy and 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 you yeah. know basically want to want to sleep with somebody hopefully yeah. the, the right person but you should feel that libido and i think most people just feel a bit flatlined at the moment but what i did say when i was teaching was i think that's quite normal at the moment because it's just a bit hard mm. i have moments where we'll be out walking and i'll stop and look at you and think crikey is handsome but 99 percent of the time you're just mat there we're doing stuff to get do you know what i mean i always have to step oh, back and remember nice that you are this this really handsome fellow and we have a great laugh and good company but i'm finding that i almost have to stop and take take a moment to think these things that i that i used to think yeah all the time like when you fall in love for example your thought processes really change and the areas of, of the brain that we're using completely change and you can actually start to see that it's almost like anything that's stressful when you're falling in love doesn't feel as stressful. And, no. and lots of people that study the emotions of the biology of emotions yeah. say it completely changes your physiology as you fall in love. So you naturally have high libido and your annoying boss in the office will never annoy you as much when you're in the middle of falling in love because it's like you're in a trance. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Because if you know, like, you know, you, you know, you're looking forward to seeing that person off the work. That's or, it. Yeah. 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 And you can cope with so much more. And I think, what we should probably all be aiming to do is is nurture that for a little bit longer. But it's very easy then to, once you end up in a relationship, you don't nurture it anymore, do you? And, mm. and this is why people, some people do date nights, but again, you know, maybe we don't do enough of them and it, it doesn't always have to be date nights. It could be date moments yeah. and, and cards and gifts that we give each other when we first get together. We're quite good in that we still do that. And you'll send me a random text message saying, you know, I think you're sure amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Pick, please. <laughs> no, you were saying, you know, like when you know, for example. <laughs> Carry on. And do you know why I would never do that? Because I'm convinced it will end up on the internet or something one day. I don't know. Um. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, carry on. Um, I've completely lost my train of thought. No, but you'll send me a nice text message as if, you know, just saying I'll be plotting to work one day and miserable and you'll say like you know just something really lovely essentially like yeah. you look you look lovely today and i believe in you and, and you know we still do that um and that is really important and i think yeah. where possible do the things that you did you know when you first met and it is hard and and obviously one of the um so i've been listening to a lot of podcasts because i've been decorating recently and then i've been coming back and telling the stories to you so in yeah. this in this episode i said i'm going to tell our listeners some of the things that i found really helpful i've been literally going through i don't really listen to that many health podcasts at the moment because Do you know I, I someone asked me this the other day they were like oh what um kind of like health nutrition, nutrition. um podcast do you recommend and and i said you know what? i'm probably not the best person to ask right now because i haven't actually listened to one for so long no. and that's not because i think i know it all because of course i don't but i just struggle to listen to either a whole podcast that's about one particular 
thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 55 and, minutes on creatine. <laughs> yeah, or, you know, I, but but I'm also... So and, I'm, and at the end of that, the, the takeaway is take some creatine. Yeah. <laughs> or don't. You know, yeah. it's up to you, really. <laughs> yeah. You could be a non-responder, you could respond. <laughs> Who knows? But do you know what I struggle with as well is I do like to geek out and it helps with my professional development. But like you're saying... I do know enough at this point in time that I'm already struggling to implement myself and my clients are all struggling to implement. So the detail's great, but Mm. half of that detail doesn't change my practical advice to most people Mm. or the supplements or the tests I recommend. So I'm kind of at a point with it where still not changing anything that I'm doing. So it's quite hard to sit there and listen to two hours of something where the often the takeaway is, oh, so what we need to be doing here is making sure our clients get eight hours sleep and uh, making sure they eat a whole foods diet and, yeah. you know, making sure they're managing stress and blah, 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 and minimizing coxine exposure and things. So I'm like, it's the same outcomes all the time, but yeah. I quite liked learning a few of those pathways. But recently I found like you, because of lockdown and the, the kind of change in our lifestyles, we're in lockdown two now. I've just wanted to listen to kind of, it's almost like, a, you know, just conversations. More conversation, But also yeah. conversations with Think people that I know from um, my childhood or people that I find inspiring. So when I was decorating, I loved listening to French and Saunders titting about because it was six episodes of them chatting and they really remind, like me and my best friend used to love them watching French and Saunders as, as kids and we used to replicate their jokes. So they used to do prank calls on the show. I don't know if you remember that. No. So we used to replicate the prank calls, um, me and her. We'd go on the phone book and just <laughs> tell numbers till we got caught and told off. But we used to. Did you ever use the prank call where you just made numbers up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As in, like you oh, were yeah, just so like yeah, you yeah, just yeah, put yeah, a random put a number, number in, in yeah. and obviously most times it was like wasn't a number, and then every now and again you're like, it's freaking, it's freaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the phone box you do it. We do it in the phone box and do it. Yeah, and then you go, "Hello, is Mister Wall there? So, yeah. Is Mrs. Wall there? Say no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Are there any walls there?" <laughs> Are there any walls there? No. You better get out before the roof falls in. Hang up. So that was a French and Saunders one that we used to do. I used to, you know, remember on The Simpsons. What was that one? Do you know, remember when Bart used to always call, like, Moe's Bar? <laughs> what did he do? We'd always, like, make up random names, wouldn't we? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you remember I, any of them? I, do you know, annoyingly, I can't. Because so <laughs> I used to remember loads of them. And then you, he'd shout it out in the bar, yeah. wouldn't he? Yeah. Because I remember at school, you know, if you ever had a supply teacher yeah. and then and they used to, um, rather than a register because they didn't have it, they got everybody to like write their name down. Oh, did you all and like? you'd all write like, like bend over or yeah, yeah. <laughs> half asleep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and of course, when the teacher shouted it out, you'd just yeah. be crack. You'd find it hilarious. <laughs> Amazing. But do you know what? Listening to them speak was a bit like speaking to a school friend and they were talking yeah. about the days at school, which was quite funny. And they were talking about the seven deadly sins and which ones they were guilty of. And yeah. it was, it was, it was just a really nice conversation. And from there I started to then listen to more podcasts that were kind of conversational based because it's, it just felt like I was having company. And I think there's an element to which our, you know, like our brains and God, even our immune systems just want to feel like we're surrounded by an element of normality but but chattiness and yeah. humor and what I really liked about there and I, this is why I think I'm kind of looking back to a lot of people whose comedy and shows I watched as a kid is because they are they're kind of pre-social media so they're very much themselves yeah and yeah. then I've noticed when I listen to other podcasts and watch other people on social media there's an element to which they're very rehearsed I suppose they kind of know how to they're very polished they know how to be maybe just doesn't feel as genuine you know which I can't completely understand why that might be. And it's very difficult now. You're kind of manoeuvring through political correctness as well at the same time. Yeah. And a lot of what they were saying probably wasn't, but that's the, that's the styles of conversations and humor that, that I suppose I'm just kind yeah, of used yeah. to. And I can't remember where I was telling you this. Why was I telling you this? You were saying like craving more conversational podcasts was how it all started. Yeah. But we've gone from libido to Frenchie Saunders. But one I did listen to that I thought was interesting. I was going to ask you about this was I listen to uh, Tom Kerridge quite a lot on podcasts. Yeah, I like him. I, like I love Tom his stories. Very inspiring. And he goes on, he went on one, I can't even think what it's called now. It's with the comedians that ask about what what's your favourite menu, essentially. So what yeah. would be a start a main dessert? And I thought, what would yours be? I thought I'd ask you that. Ah. What would you, if you had to pick? A start a main dessert. and a pud. Yeah. 
Well, I'll be honest with you. I'm and not, everyone listening should ask themselves this question I'm, I'm and not, discuss it now, as, as whoever you're with, discuss it. <laughs> I'm not big on starters. I think they're a lot of money for what they are. But this but is. But bring me a bread basket, and I'll be happy. With, that could be my starter. What with anything Just with it? butter. Nothing Do else. Me. Be happy with that. Any type of bread? Just nice <laughs> bread. Rye, rye bread. Like flat rye bread. The hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Just some nice bread, you know, and just get that nice, little bit warm, you know, wherever this, they... This came up in a lecture yesterday. We were talking about insulin sensitivity and I was saying, yeah. rye's actually been shown to be helpful Is it? for insulin sensitivity. But Don't ruin this. No, no, but do you know why I made a... I said, it's also quite a good recommendation because you just can't go crazy on it, can you? Can't eat too much of it, you know yeah. what someone said on the front row? You've got to toast it. You've got to toast it. Oh, you've got to toast right. <laughs> Absolutely. Said, God, you could be mad. Like, you've got to toast it. Yeah, it just does not work if it's not toasted. So you're not having toasted rye bread, you're having big fluffy sourdough hot bread from the oven. Yeah, yeah, just proper bread, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, let's not go into detail. With butter. People know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but this is the detail that you're supposed to go into. Yeah, but I'm, I don't know, I'm not I'm not fussy with bread. You know, obviously I don't want a slice of Hovis, you know, nothing wrong with Hovis, you know, don't sue me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking of a well-known yeah. sl- sliced bread. Long life bread, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm talking like proper bread, um, slightly warm with butter, happy salted butter, Bosh. wallop, happy with that. Because I just see starters as a waste of money, really. Yeah. I would much rather have two main courses. But then you get told off as a kid, don't fill up on bread. Don't fill up on the bread. Yeah, but that doesn't work with me. <laughs> I don't get filled up. You just shove it into the biceps. Yeah, it goes somewhere. Plenty of places. There's always room. Yeah. There's always room. So, yeah, I'd either then order two mains, which I have done, yeah. or numerous sides to kind of bulk it out a little bit. Um, and I suppose for my main course... I, I actually don't know what you're going to answer right now. I mean, I like I like hearty food. And at the moment, bizarrely... Which is why we haven't been for tapas for years. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't, don't give me going on tapas. Yeah, no tar. Um, well, weirdly... I'm kind of just thinking in the moment right now because I don't necessarily have a favourite meal, but we've mentioned this previously. Like I'm, I'm kind of really craving nostalgia at the moment. Yeah. And I even crave some of like the, the dinners that my nan used to make that were kind of her signature dishes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So She makes amazing, um, what are they call that go into stews? Um, dumplings. Dumplings, yeah, yeah, yeah. She makes amazing dumplings. But weirdly, like the first, you know, the first two things that came to my mind then what? were shepherd's pie, very basic, right? That's, but that's pretty boring. No, nah, but my nan used to make the most epic never, shepherd's I've never pie. Never got excited about shepherd's pie. Well, this isn't about you, yeah. about me. Right. <laughs> and the other one was my nan's lasagna. Lasagna, I get so good. I get that. So good. My mum is. So In fact, boom! I've decided lasagna. the lasagna. You know, and hopefully there'll still be some of that bread left over. You could like scoop a bit of the mince onto the bread. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> I want it. Do you remember? I we, need it in my life. We went. Um, this is going off track a bit, but we went to my mum and dad's for dinner two weeks ago, wasn't it? For lockdown, and um, I'd just been into hospital. I'm still having investigations done from. I've got um, gastritis still, and they said, right, we're going to put a camera in, and we're going to check what's going on with like your esophagus, and it stays in you for about four days, and they said go away and and, um, and try loads of different things and we'll see if anything aggravates you. So you write down things that you're, you're having. They said the main yeah. thing, it was really interesting because I was like, all oh, right, okay, what would you like me to test? And the main thing they said is alcohol. I was like, oh, not coffee. And they were like, well, you can have coffee if you want. I was like, oh yeah, I definitely have yeah, coffee. Okay, yeah, okay. Sure. <clears throat> and then I told my mum and of course her eyes just lit up because she was like, what meal would you like to test? And I said, well, hand on heart. Well, like, as it's, like you, I was a bit like, well, any, more than anything, because I've eaten quite a bland diet now for about <laughs> a year and a half, isn't it? It's been ages. Yeah. I said, probably lasagna. And she was like, right, I'll do lasagna, I'll do lasagna. But the problem is we always eat quite late there. And I was like, I can't, Mama. I would never try that quite late at night. But yeah. then I was like you thinking, oh, God, lasagna. Yeah. It is my favourite, I think. It's just such a hearty dish that yeah. you know it's just i also like cannelloni where you have the you know you have it with spinach and ricotta with the rolls oh yeah i know what you mean yeah i'm talking just straight up normal lasagna traditional lasagna yeah garlic bread or not garlic bread i'll just be happy with that what the... would it, you wouldn't need side dishes with that though 
Salad, mm, really? Mm, mm, no, no. <laughs> I don't want a salad. You well, get salad a, with lasagna. It's a tough one, really, because obviously you are just more than happy with your lasagna, right? Yeah. I mean, I'd get some green stuff on there just to balance it out a little bit. I don't really mind what it is because it's all about the lasagna. Okay, then dessert. I want a drink. What are you having to drink? I'd, I'd save myself on the drink. I'm not big on drinking whilst I'm eating, to be honest with you. I like a drink either before or afterwards. Yeah. So if it's before, whilst I'm waiting for the food to come, I'd, I'd quite like a nice cold beer. Okay. I do like that. But then I would like uh, a whiskey after okay. my meal. That would be nice. After dessert, though? After dessert, yeah. So okay, once so the food's all finished, yeah, not, not, you know, I don't want whiskey with my food. Okay. For sure. And, you know, listen, no surprises here. Dessert for me. Can you guess what it will be? Ice cream. Ice cream. But what about treacle? You love treacle toffee. Um, sticky toffee pudding. Sticky toffee pudding, sorry. Yeah. Good shout. Good both, shout. Both. Well, well, you could have sticky toffee pudding. With another ice cream. With ice cream and custard. And custard. Yeah. But not together in a plate, like. Yeah, oh yeah, together. What? Bosh. Okay. Sorted. Any after dinner mints? No, no, <laughs> just my after just my whiskey. Just your whiskey. Happy. Good stuff. You know, and if you want me to name the whiskey, keep it simple, monkey shoulder. I like that. Oh, nice. There you go. What about you then? Ooh. Um... Should we probably move on, actually? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I would probably be same as you, freshly baked bread, I think. Same. See? See? I think I'd probably add, like, hummus and... Oh, some dips and stuff. Yeah, parma ham. I love an antipasti board. Mm. So I'd mix up antipasti boards. To be fair, that we had a, olive oil and stuff as when well. When we was in uh, Eastbourne some time ago. Oh, yeah, we had a nice Italian. That beautiful, it's and... like a bit of a hidden gem Italian restaurant. And the, the antipasti board with that was just absolutely Lovely. amazing, wasn't it? Some manchego and different types of parmesan mm. hard cheese. much more adventurous than me. Yeah. I uh, was just I was just keeping it. I do actually love things like a, also like a rocket and mozzarella tomato salad and stuff as well yeah like you i never like a heavy starter with a view that you're just spoiling your main course then aren't you well that's so. quite a good shout actually you know if you've got a bit of greenage within your starter yeah you don't feel so uh obligated to have some of your main no, so you could just true. have your lasagna straight up then yeah knowing that you've had your green stuff already i like this well this is good i also like um as kids we went when we first went abroad um my mum and dad said right when we go abroad on a holiday, you can't order <laughs> burger and chips. They just banned it. They were like, no pizza, no burger and chips. Not because they didn't let us have those foods. We had them all the time at yeah. home. Mum used to make them and stuff. Um, but she was like, we've got to be adventurous. So going out was always an adventure to try different foods. So they'd always try and find, when we were in Tenerife in Spain and, and went to the Canary Islands a lot, we'd find these seafood restaurants. And they'd, mm. they'd really encourage us to try Things like your kind of traditional fish soups, you know, where it's all made with the fish Lovely, stock. Yeah. And we were really young at the time, but they got us fish to soup. really enjoy things like, and in, in that you'd have loads of seafood, you'd have mussels and yeah. scallops and, and stuff like that. And and remember absolutely loving that. And we found a restaurant that did an amazing one. And every day we were like, can we go back and have fish soup? You know, like, like from a young age, we were taught to yeah. really appreciate that type of food. And an, another place we used to go was Chinatown in Manchester. And it was a special treat, but it'd be like, you know, dad's 40th or 50th, nan's 80th. Like we'd always go up to Chinatown to, and, and at this point it was, I'd say it was, but it was in the early nineties. And I remember they, it was, it was kind of Chinese food as we'd never had it before in that. Probably like traditional Chinese food. Just amazing dim sum. I think it, the Yang Sing is where we used to go and it was quite a, I mean, it was expensive, which was why we only went like once a year or special yeah. occasions or whatever. But even there we'd try, mum and dad would be like, we'll sort the menu. So they would order everything. We wouldn't even know what was coming, but they'd just encourage us to try wonton soup and dim sum and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And sea bass with um, all the ginger and spring onion. And, and, and I remember we've said this before. I absolutely love... More than anything, a massive bowl of white rice with a ton of soy sauce. Yeah. And mum used to be like, there is, stop eating all the white rice with soy sauce. But I could eat that so till the cows come home. And like, you're the same. And it's oh, funny. Love it. We make giant bowls of it, don't we, now? And we're like, we're like we have to try and portion control it because it's so nice. Yeah. I don't know if it's like the salt. It's got to be the salt with the starch or something. Isn't I mean, it? But, but there's something about the texture of rice. I don't know what it is. I just love it. You can't eat rice plain, plain though, can oh, you? I can. You can't. Oh, Not that much. 100%. 
Add, oh no, not as much. Obviously, add add soy, soy sauce, sauce or some then, kind of sauce. Yeah, and then you yeah, like for sure, different next level. But I, I just love even cold rice. I've said to you sometimes, I'm just there, just eating it, love it. But anyway, so I know. So I'm kind of torn. What I was about to say is I'm kind of torn because so I might have like um definitely I think like you said warm bread antipasti board main course. I'm kind of torn in that I absolutely love like really well cooked fish like that. So yeah. if you get proper sea bass cooked in things like ginger spring onion and like a whole a whole fish yeah yeah I, I, I but then like you i do have that kind of hearty food yeah. element as well I, so i'm kind of torn here and i think it might be lasagna or boom well let's do it then the let's same. just have one big massive lasagna <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i'll make um, it i'm trying to think if there's anything else my mum used to make as a kid this thing called tuna fish pie which you've never had yet have you no and you keep going i, I hear all about this tuna fish pie but it was basically she'd do like a, la- a layer of tin tuna and then a layer of cheese sauce and then a layer of creamy mashed potato and mushrooms and then bake it all in the oven and wow. the top goes really crunchy. And then you serve it with, guess what? Go on. Baked beans Boom. and red cabbage. Wow. It, it's absolutely okay. divine. Wasn't expecting the red cabbage I know. There. I think it's because she used to make red cabbage anyway yeah, and we all there. loved it. So we just had pickled red cabbage. Up. And then when I went to university... There's no way I even had the patience or the time or I just was not into cooking at all at that point in my life. So I used to get a tin of baked beans, add a tin of tuna, chop in some mushrooms, grate in a bit of cheese, mix it all up, bosh, and eat it. And my mum was horrified. To be fair, that sounds really <laughs> it's good. It's not that bad, is it? Like and, then, and then I'd alternate that with basically bowls of microwave rice with soy sauce. Wow. <laughs> For a good year, that was my diet. Student living. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like it'd be uh, budget friendly. It was. Massive lack of protein. And then so, at some point, I think I felt quite ill in my second year with flu. And then I was like, I, I remember my mum saying, I think you need like, some eggs. and You some need to eat a vegetable. <laughs> yeah, vegetables. I did. And then I really started to add in one more vegetables, but protein came in in my third year. So what would you put be then? It's got to be chocolate-based. Yeah. Um, but you're not really a pud person, are you? Like, you're not like... You know, like, you, it's very rare that... I am. ...when we've been out and a dessert has really taken your fancy. No, do you know what? I am. And I used to be, never have a starter when I'd eat out a lot more. Have a dessert. I'd say, never have a starter, have a main and save, save space, for, and have a very light main, save space for dessert. I was terrible. But over time, I think it's more the digestive issues. I just stopped tolerating any desserts because they're always quite rich, aren't they? And it's yeah. nothing to do with gluten or... That I think it's just a mixture of the heaviness and then you're having it after a meal. Yeah. And so I just kind of I stopped even expecting or anticipating being able to have one. But when I do actually like eating dessert very randomly is at breakfast. Like if me and you go out and have a croissant together like early in the day and yeah. I haven't had too much to eat, I actually, it doesn't cause me any yeah. issues. So it's, it's really bizarre. I think it's more eating something heavy at night. So, I, and I do love, I would say things like a, you know, like an almond croissant or a nice. chocolate croissant probably wouldn't be my dessert choice but that with a coffee in the morning is epic but let's let's focus on this let's focus on this dessert putting that in there um dessert would probably be some kind of i would say either a kind of chocolate brownie what about a chocolate oh God, fountain I can't, I can't with even, marshmallows i can't even decide yeah <laughs> i do i do love a chocolate fondue i'm torn between a chocolate fondue something like um a pie, like an apple pie, uh-huh. fruit pie, or like a brownie of some we, like we a used really to get... heavy, chunky brownie with with chunks of chocolate in it mm. and toasted nuts and maybe marshmallows on the side. That we we used to get. Oh, I a, love um... actually refrigerated cake. Used to be a big favorite of mine. Do you remember that? No. Refrigerated cake. This is what my mum used to make. It's where you melt chocolate with butter and sugar, and then you fill it with broken biscuits and marshmallows and then you stick it in the fridge and it goes hard like a loaf and then you slice it okay. my mum's made it at christmas has she yes do you remember that giant brown mass of chocolate with marshmallows oh, in it yeah yeah because yeah. no, you just yeah. shove it in the fridge and it all solidifies and then we used to get this um because i used to spend a lot of time in Stratford upon avon there used to be this lovely little deli there and uh they made these kind of apple and blackberry pies oh nice oh my god it was so good. Like we, we just got one every now and again as a treat, but that with some ice cream. So obviously you'd have the pie warm, yeah. And then the ice cream with it. 
Oh, it was amazing. But you always wanted like, you know, it's, it was all about the crust, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the Sometimes, crust was phenomenal. I'm terrible for this now. My mum will do like mince pies at Christmas and she's just like almond pastry. And when, like, when she's not looking, I'll sometimes just start like nicking the tops off the yeah. mince pies. And she's like, who's been in here and eating all yeah. the tops off not, them? Not in. it takes much working out yeah. who, <laughs> who it was. Yeah. Like a mouse has been in the kitchen. I've just thought of something else as a main, actually, that I would have been tempted by. Same as Tom Kerridge, fish and chips. I would yeah, be. But nice. this is really interesting. So he was saying on one of the podcasts I was listening to that when you go and have fish and chips outdoors, oh. like um, by the sea or something like that. And this is what I remember as a kid. You go to the chippy and yeah. you get it wrapped in newspaper and it's all a little bit soggy. And then there's a huge debate. Internally, I'd have this debate. Do you have it with gravy or curry sauce or ketchup? Like I'm still, I'm, I'm torn between all three, if I'm really honest. But as a kid, it was always curry sauce for us. Yeah. And then when I got to school and it was gravy, chips and gravy. But it's so different, the chips that you have then. And then the fish is obviously like really crispy. And then it's always soggy chips in the newspaper. But the newspaper almost flavoured them a little bit, didn't it, as yeah. well? And then you go to a restaurant now and you order fish and chips. And the batter's almost like perfect. But the yeah. chips are like more thick cut. Yeah. It does have to be thick cut for me. The fries are just an excuse for a chip. A poor excuse for a chip, I meant. But it's different, isn't it? Because they're more like crunchy, they're triple cooked chips yeah, yeah. and stuff like that and, it, and you get about five and then you have to order another bowl yeah <laughs> if you're chips, please. yeah can we have another bowl um, i don't know it's really interesting because i was thinking what do i what do i prefer most i think it's got to be the the newspaper fish and chips but almost eaten outside as well i was gonna say the sea and also as well there's something about seagulls trying to eat them you know when you get down to you know the the little bits that are left Stop the kind of smaller yeah, yeah. no but you sometimes still have those smaller crunchy oh, bits better, yeah. do you know they yeah. sell them in marks and spencers what? They sell the batter bits in Marks and Spencer's. No, the, I'm on about the chips. Oh, right. Okay, sorry. Yeah, where, but... you, where you have the smaller bits of chips that oh, right. are really kind of like crispy. Because yes. obviously oh, they've yeah, gone yeah, sorry, yeah. those last little, those yeah. last little lens. But there's been uproar because I think they're like £2 for like scraps of batter or something that they really? sell. Yeah, that used to be the leftovers in a chip yeah, that yeah. would be sold. How funny. Um, but yeah, there's definitely something about, because I've had this before, like where you're like, how is it when, same as for me, if you get, a ta- you know, you get like a, a, a takeaway from the fish and chip shop that you want to take home and then you're going to have it at home and they say, oh, do you want salt and vinegar? There's just something about them doing the salt and vinegar. Oh, yeah, definitely. To you doing it. Yeah, you've got to What's say with yes that? there. I don't know. Because I've done it before. I don't know. I just do it at home. Yeah. And then you're like, just stay the same. It's no, not the same. got to do it there. Yeah. Then. What would you have? Because uh, mushy peas I forgot there as well. I'd always have mushy peas. 100%. And then what would you have though? Curry sauce, ketchup or... To be fair, I, I would be happy with just the mushy peas. Would you? Yeah, for sure. I'm not. I, I know what you mean. Like pub chips have got to have ketchup for me, mm-hmm. but not fish and chip shop chips. I think it's curry sauce. I'll still have a bit of ketchup. And on then me. if I'm school chips, which I'm never going to have again, but school <laughs> chips were epic with gravy. gravy. Yeah. And then I did occasionally try chips and cheese, which when I was drunk was okay well, in a kebab shop. Anything goes then, doesn't <laughs> yeah, it? Really. Basically. Let's be honest. <laughs> But other than that, I would never chips and cheese would never appeal. A pizza might be a third option, but then we're just going on. And on oh, and I know. On. Yeah, you, you're really going. dragging this out now. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being honest, I think you order lasagna, I order fish and chips, and we halvesy. We can just yeah, just share a little bit. And lasagna and chips is nice, isn't it? To be fair, Ooh, chips goes with anything. Yeah, it does. Anyhow, now another <laughs> thing that I listened to on a podcast that I need to run by you. So this yeah. is on another thing that I was running. It was really interesting friend sent me this and said what are your thoughts because at the moment I don't know about you but I think listeners will identify with this I'm not sure you overthink this as much as I do but there's a, a bit of a conflict with when you're trying to look at sustainability and do your bit for saving the planet yeah and then doing your bit for health do you ever find that and by that I mean if you want to buy for example I see all the information on pesticides, fertilizers, and, and like, if possible, try and buy organic or local seasonal or look for unsprayed. But in the supermarkets, they're always wrapped in plastic. Yeah. So then you have this dilemma, do I go local, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and not have the plastic wrapped. And we always try and have not plastic wrapped where possible, but sometimes the organic is wrapped in plastic yeah. and i just more and more, I've been wandering around. This is why I have no libido because I'm constantly <laughs> thinking about you know there's always in there never seems it's like you're making that choice sometimes between the two yeah where you're kind of thinking it's like for example if you're trying to reduce meat consumption as people say that's 
for the planet. I, I don't necessarily agree with that statement. I think, again, we should be looking at more local, seasonal, even in terms of what, what you can consume with animal products. But if you wanted to switch up your plant-based nutrition, most of that will come from sources which are not, for example, grown here in the UK. Yeah. So you're increasing your food miles and carbon footprint of the foods that you eat, nuts, avocados, yeah. tofu, all of that kind of stuff. Does it bother you? Yeah, no, I do think about it. Yeah. It, it does. It, I am I am conscious of it, but it's a real tough one because, you know, we we could make a little bit more effort and, and shop a little bit more locally and independent, you know, like farm shops and stuff like that, where a lot of the stuff is just in a crate yeah. and you just pick it out and put it in your, you know, you know, a paper bag or or a recycled bag, recycling bag or something like that. And it's hard because it's it's two things. It's, it's time intensive and it's also in terms of, you know, you need the time to go and do those things. And it's also cost more, cost more as yeah. well. So, and I'm only asking you the question because it's just interesting that I, I kind of feel this tug of war a bit across the day where yeah. I'm like, uh, and, and we've both said, we've found with lockdown too, it's really highlighted the, the kind of, um, the inequalities, I suppose, that exist in society. And we've said, like, let's start looking at where we buy from yeah. and and try to avoid... It's hard sometimes because, like I said, we're up against it. We're trying to run a business and, and do various bits and bobs. And there's a convenience element to using supermarkets and things like that. But um, let's try to do our bit about when, we, when we've got the time and the choices, look at who we're buying from and try not to buy from the big guys as much and, and really support local and, and local businesses. And, and like I said, when we've got you know, when we are able to, that's what we do. But the reason I'm asking you this question is because I was listening to a podcast that a friend sent me and it's about having a B-day instead of flushing the toilet and using um, a toilet paper. And it's a new trend that's kind of taken off in the in the US. But actually some countries have always done this. So apparently Japan always has always done this. Uh, various European countries have always done this. You know, use a bidet. You know what bidet yeah, yeah, is, yeah. don't you? So, yeah. <laughs> we used to just call it the bum washer yeah. when we were kids. Um, but I was listening to a podcast about someone who's invented one called the Tushy. Right. And this is one that you put on your toilet. And I haven't even looked at the kind of mechanism of it, but essentially instead of using toilet paper you would, when you flush it, will use the water to wash your bum instead, and then you don't need to use toilet paper. But what would you dry it with? So listen to this. Uh, so then you might get a little bit. The idea is you get something like, um, again, recycled toilet paper or bamboo toilet paper, which is better for but the environment. But you just use enough to just... But you would only use one to two sheets. Pat it dry. Because how many, how many toilet rolls do you reckon you use? I don't know. A week? I don't know. A day? I think you use a lot. Oh, wow, okay. I think Do I know? Well, I know because I buy packs of 12 and they go very, very quickly. Okay. <laughs> and you do <laughs> mega plops. <laughs> so, Anywho. Uh, yeah. A lot goes in, a lot a comes, lot comes out. out. Yeah. It's true. And um, so I'm going to tell you why this has become kind of popular because it's basically looking at the environment and the impact of toilet paper on the environment, which is something I was definitely very naive about. But water scarcity is still quite a big problem yeah. in the world. And in America this year, I think Cape Town and California had real problems with water scarcity. But to make one roll of toilet paper uses 37 gallons of water, apparently, to press and make that one roll of toilet paper. Wow. 37 gallons of, of paper. And then wow. this was the stats that were on this podcast about Tushy. Apparently, we use, or this is Americans, use 57 sheets a day or a roll and a half a week. I think per household or per person. Per person, yeah. Wow. I think you're more than that. I think that that's okay. pretty. Yeah, I would definitely say. I'm sure we use more than that. And the problem with using something like so, some people have resort to using things like wet wipes and stuff as well. But a big problem with those is we've probably mentioned before on the podcast that you've got like a you know like microflora all over your skin, so like bacteria, your own little ecosystem yeah. on your face, and all these natural oils, and they protect the skin. Yeah. So if you overuse, and this is kind of relevant if you're if you have kids and babies as well where we tend to use wet wipes all the time you're constantly wiping away the natural bacteria in the skin oils and then you expose the skin and the skin's more likely to get irritated or infected by that and it's been linked to kind of like tissue dysfunction right. so we shouldn't be using those but it was interesting on the podcast because she said 
she doesn't believe that wiping your bum with toilet paper is how you should clean it. And it's why we have so many problems with UTIs and various other kind of infections and, and worms and things like that. And females specifically, because it's so close to their, um, you know, more intimate areas, they get infections easily from, from not wiping in the right direction and things like that. And she said, she compared it to the woman who invented the, the tushy. This is, she said, imagine getting in the shower and just wiping yourself with paper. Like, how clean do you think you're going to be at that point in time? Yeah, it's a bit different though, isn't it? Well, not really. Well, it kind of is though. <laughs> it's not, because that's all you're doing with your, your bum, isn't it? You wipe it with dry paper over and over again. But she said you're not really clearing a lot of the bacteria that you and the, and the poop that you want to clear away. And that's why jet washing it is probably better with this. I hear you. I so, hear you. So they've developed this thing called the tushy. Did I mention it was called the Tushy? Yeah, you've yeah, yeah, mentioned sorry. it quite a few times. Sorry, actually, okay, yeah. so it's called the Tushy. That's the American one. I looked on, so I looked in the UK, and there are a few people who've almost replicated it now. Yeah. You can get a few of these, but they're essentially a bidet that you put on the toilet, and mm. and then basically you shouldn't use toilet paper after that. You would just use it to pack yourself dry. Yeah. So two sheets a day instead of that. What was it? Fifty-seven sheets yeah. a day, which is crazy, isn't it? Also, and you would save fifty-five gallons of water a week and drop your toilet paper use by eighty percent. Do you think there's something to be said as well for like, um, you know, and we've we've spoken in the past about how, you know, you would have traditionally gone to the loo and you would have been in the squat position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, is there something to be said for if you did do a number two that way, there'd be less mess, mess on you because you're in a deeper squat let's you know you could say god can you imagine what's going through are, people's thoughts right now and they're trying to image it things like, are a little bit more parted yeah you know there's more space I know. <laughs> see what i mean you see where i'm going with this i'm just trying to get the image of your bum hole out of my head right now like trying to you didn't think about that <laughs> where's the way you're going <laughs> well think about the position of everything i'm like oh but it's it's true though isn't it yeah you'd you, there'd be there'd be less There'd be less mess. Yeah, so no, you're be... right. And that's why you still have the hole in the ground in some places. It's yeah. still the toilet and it is actually probably, like you said, a more you know beneficial position to be in to have yeah. a full bowel movement. Um, I mean, bowel movements are a massive problem at the moment and in children. I have lots and lots of clients who get in touch with you know, constipation or children are constipated. A lot of this is to do also with serotonin. So again, if we don't have a lot of serotonin in our in our gut, then we can't have sufficient bowel. It really affects our bowel motility and stress affects it. You know, that's why you can kind of like cease bowel movements mm. when you're stressed. But some people do talk about the fact that actually sitting is not the position for a bowel movement. You brought a squatty potty and I don't know why, because you have absolutely no I did problem. use it at first. You, like you have no problem with bowel movements anyway but no, you, I don't. Did, you did buy that just for i don't know why you brought it why did you buy that well just because of you know like reading into you know optimal number two position <laughs> for firing position you know and and, and you just like basically essentially a stall that wraps around the base of the toilet yeah. so your feet are higher up so you're in more of a squat position what what do you think about getting a bidet then or a tushy what do you reckon yeah i do would you? Yeah, why not? Oh, I thought you'd be like, no. No, Some would get grossed out by it. No. And then also, in a lot of countries, they have what they call a butt towel, which is one towel that you wipe with, but it's bamboo, and then you wash each one. So you'd have like a, I suppose, a bin. You'd be you'd be clean by this point in time, so it's more about patting yourself dry, and then you mm -hmm. just keep washing those, and so then you're never using that much toilet roll at all. Maybe none. Yeah. Which would be helpful for... If you have another lockdown and another lockdown and everyone yeah. panics. About and the thing is, like, you know, like all jokes aside, you know, we we do need to consider these things yeah, and, yeah. and we do need to be a little bit more conscious of, you, you know, the, the kind of waste that we are producing and, and, and things like that or things that we're being a little bit careless about. And it's even little things. And this was like drummed into me as a kid. It's like, you know, don't leave the tap running whilst you brush your teeth. But so many people do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like... Um, but I've always been like, well, why would you leave the tap running while you're brushing your teeth if you're not? It's just habit, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I know. It's, it's very, it's really, and it's just little things like that. And I just think we are so lucky in 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 many respects, and you know, to kind of have water so readily available, know, and, and, and and things like that, I feel guilty about knowing yeah. that you know, there's there's places in the world where it's so scarce, and we're here just leaving it running yeah, for yeah. the sake of it. You know, we've we've got heating whenever we want it. 
we turn a tap, we've got a drink. I know. We can wash, you know. And it's, it, it does make me feel, it makes me feel guilty. And this is what I'm saying about, I felt guilty a lot, I think, over the last 10 years as I've learned more and more and more about nutrition. My guilt has been more around, oh, I shouldn't have this because of the way that it's been sourced or you yeah. know, I shouldn't try and, you know, when I'm eating out, you're kind of conscious that you're never eating ethically reared meat, fish, it's going to be farm fish, you know, and you kind yeah. of, I had an element of guilt around that. And then I went through a period of time where I thought this is making me kind of ill to, yeah, to yeah. constantly overthink everything I'm eating and, and my exposure to pesticides or your exposure or someone's exposure. And so I kind of scale back. Um, I think we mentioned before watching Dark Waters, didn't we? The film when you were saying that was, that was you, that was, when I started to learn all this information yeah, yeah. about, if you haven't seen that film, it's about a lawyer who kind of looks into things that are kind of basically an environmental toxin in a small town and it's, it's an amazing watch isn't it but it's, yeah, it's, a, bit of, it's a dark story based on a true story based did you on a true that? story yeah. yeah so it's very but it, it did remind you of me when yeah. i kind of panicked about a lot of stuff and i've tried to, realizing that it was making me and everyone around me unhealthy i've scaled back a little bit but then you also become quite conscious of the fact that there's a lot of things that we do on a daily basis that are continuing to kind of contaminate or contribute yeah. to the waste and the destruction of our planet and it's hard and i just think right i need to try and do bits and bobs each day even down to when we've ordered things online the amount of packaging that oh, things have been sent in we've see, said right we are never mad. ordering from then again and then we've tried to look at ordering from ethical superstore where they everything's fair trade and you know so try to order all of our and it, products from one place yeah do it in bat in bulk um so there's not multiple deliveries coming in all the time yeah. and, and you know try to because like you know like not to not to try and like blow my own trumpet or anything like that. Well, I am actually, to be fair, because I am proud of it. But, you know, you know, something that's at the core of the Strong Humans Club as a brand is sustainability. And I wanted to ensure that the, the clothes were made well, but I also wanted to make sure that they were delivered to customers in as sustainable way as possible. So, you know, like there's no unnecessary clothing tags you know like those plastic tags with you know uh, probably like another plastic tag with the company's brand on and it's like well well who needs that we know what the brand is because we we bought it you know and and so there's no unnecessary tags the packaging is 100% recycled and 100% recyclable I try to make sure that the 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 packages are to the size of the garments rather than using ones that are too big and and again, you know, like I'm, I'm not being like, oh, you'll check me out. But, no, 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 but I just you've think also it's... been very strict with it because there's been occasions where, even looking at certain products that you wanted to provide, and the beanie hat being one, you were struggling to find, you know, one that was from it's recycled, isn't it? The it's organic, organic. organic sorry, that was it. Yeah, you want to use organic, and um, I said to you, well, what about using? a non-organic one, but then making a contribution back to a, a fairware factory or charity or something. But you just stood your ground and said, no, yeah, it has it, to be within the brand values. I can't. Yeah, and it's because it's, it is. Only use suppliers. That it is that. really important to me. And, and and I think what what I suppose I get a little bit frustrated with is because it seems to be the smaller companies, the smaller guys that are trying to make this effort. I know, you know, and not and, the big ones. And not the big ones that, yeah. you know, I don't care what nonsense they come out with as to why it can't happen when it's like, but you've got something that the small guys haven't and that's money, Yeah, yeah. you know, and like, it and, costs, and it costs, it? like it absolutely costs. And then, but at the same time, it's like, you know, if it's important to you, it's important to you. And, and, and that's why, like, you know, I'm sticking to my guns and big props to all the other kind of small independent companies that that are doing their bit as well. And it does get a little bit infuriating when you've got these multi-million pound companies that you order from and you've just got all this unnecessary packaging. And sometimes it's an absolute joke, like how much packaging there is for the size of the product. And you just think, I just don't think it should, it's just not on. It's not on. And, and don't get me wrong, there are some companies that are making a change. Like I've seen the, the likes of Reebok are doing like recycled products now. Nike are doing the same. Uh, My Protein are much better with their packaging now in terms of it being biodegradable, recycled, etc. So, yeah, it's great to see that things are happening. But I do think that we're, we're quick to turn a blind eye, aren't we, to things yeah. because it's it works for us. It's convenient for us. And... 
and I think like my dad goes mad about it, doesn't he? Yeah, like, you can't keep complaining about this stuff and then buying from companies yeah. that are doing nothing about it. No, no, exactly. He, he's like, you have to boycott the company, and he really believes that. Stick to he? your guns, and yeah. your dad. Fair play to him. He, he does. Like he, he, if he says it, he means it. Yeah, you know, and we, you know, we won't go through the through the, the names <laughs> of the companies that he has boycotted, no. but but you know, like honestly, <laughs> mom, mom tries it, to order on the slide in the background. Well, no, well, to be fair, your mum does. And, but, you know, at least it's not your dad, you know, and, you yeah. know, your mum is our own person, right? What's, and, what's very random about what my mum does is she will order from a big company, which, you know, annoys my dad. They do argue about it, but because she's upcycling furniture, which yeah. is a good thing in a way. So she's thing, still doing yeah. her bit by, she's constantly but, but upcycling is, furniture, which is it, a hobby. And she can't the, get certain things other than yeah, big, and, big and suppliers. And that's fair enough. But the thing is, it's not about boycotting big companies. Mm. It's about letting your thoughts be known, I guess, and... and to, for these bigger companies to do better. Yeah, yeah. You know, these big companies, like, you know... We, but I think if we do boycott them more and buy from smaller companies yeah. and make the effort, it just starts to... It, it's like my dad kind of says, where you spend your money makes a big difference. Of course, it does, know? for sure. But it just needs to be more accessible to the smaller companies, you know, that don't necessarily have the buying power. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think it will happen in time because th- this sustainability side of things from from a clothing perspective, from a packaging perspective and things like that, it's still relatively new. You know, it's not something that's been going on for years and years and years and years, like a lot of things. And it's like, I saw a thing the other day about like, you know, like when it's like you look at TVs, you know, like when this new version of a TV technology comes out at first, it's really expensive. Yeah, yeah. Then a few years, years down the line, it's like a fraction of the price yeah, because yeah. it's, it's, it's much cheaper to mass produce. So they don't need to charge quite so much. And it's the same thing. Same thing needs to happen. I think with sustainable, more sustainable, like packaging and manufacturing processes and things like that. But COVID has been interesting because it's almost made us backtrack a bit in the, you can only now use takeaway cups. Everything has to be disposable. Yeah. And it's. And I, I know with the mask side of things, so we went and brought reusable masks, didn't we? And then when I've gone into certain places, they've said, you can't have that on. You have to wear this mask. They have to give you the PPE, don't they? Mm. And so they give you the mask to wear. Yeah. Or you've got to have the disposable mask, which have kind of NHS approved and pinched yeah, on the nose yeah. and things like that. It's really tough, isn't it? But I'm, I, it, it, it doesn't sit well with me. I feel like we're backtracking well, with I, that. And your mum said to me the other day, you've got to cut. I didn't hear, I hadn't heard this, but you've got to cut the... When you finish with the mask, cut the string because they're ending up in landfill and the sea yeah. and, you know... And then blinking masks are everywhere, aren't they? Yeah. And, and the thing is, as well, it's not even you know for a lot of them. I don't think it's because people are just deciding to throw them on the floor. Like even today, blimey, every time you went to grab something out of your pocket, your mask came flying out and went blowing across the road, <laughs> and we had to go and run after it. And uh, you know, like you just think, God, that must happen all the time to people. But I actually had a go at someone in a coffee shop the other day because obviously you have to have the takeaway cup now, and like they went to put the lid on but they put their hand like right over the top of the lid. the lid and the mouth bit. And I was like, no, no, take that off, please. Like I'll, I'll do it myself yeah, yeah. with another lid. Yeah. Cause it's a bit like, you're telling me I can't use my cup. Yeah. But then you, know, you put your hand all over it. <laughs> and, and, I, and I understand it to a degree, but then it's like, you know, there's no way you're washing your hands every, between every coffee you make no. and you're putting it all over my, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like little things like that. And I mean, they, they looked a bit offended, but you know, I, I wasn't that bothered to be fair. I also, I went to the dentist the other day and they charged me £20 PPE. Most have been charged wow, so far. that's a lot. You had to wear one of their masks. Did they give you in. one of them suits? You know, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Visor, <laughs> space suit. Yeah, what are they called? You know what I'm talking about? What? Those, the, you know, those suits that they wear, it's like... You know what I'm talking about, surely? No. You're not seen in the films, like, when they, like, protect themselves from oh, viruses yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. well done. <laughs> but, um, and then part of me was thinking, but you were, they have to do PPE all the time. The only mm. difference is you're going to spray my chair down afterwards, just like the hairdresser does. Yeah. But they don't charge me this. I think they charged a fiver, if that. But then they charged me £28, so this is separate, for this spray because they can't do mouthwash. And I was a bit like... It just feels like it. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not even sure I will go back to that dentist because they it's also not. were like, "Oh, well, we best do more X-rays." And like, oh, I was just like, <laughs> "Anyway, you're going off on one." Yeah, now. I know I'm going off on one, but we I should do, we should wrap it up there. I do think it was excessive the cost. It was a lot, to be fair. Yeah. It's like how much? Do you really need your teeth? Because it's only the same, yeah. Because it's only the same as the hairdresser was doing. They just spray the chair and cleaned around, yeah, yeah. and it's like. But they had to do all the other stuff anyway because they can't. 
They had to sterilise yeah, all the equipment before they can use it on the next person. It's tough though, isn't it? Because obviously, you know, we, we know through knowing other people that have got businesses that the PPE stuff costs Oh, I know. It costs a lot. Yeah, and, yeah. But, but like you say, sometimes there, there seems to be such a, 50 pound a difference in, less, yeah. in what one place is charging compared to another. Yeah. But I think that's got to go down. It's probably one of the most random uh, and varied podcasts that we've done. But I, I enjoyed my, my time with you. Yeah, I enjoyed my time. Good chat. Um, I'm off to buy a, a B-Day now. Or a, what do you call it? T- it? Tushy. Tushy's the brand. Let's get a Tushy then. Okay. Why not? I like the name. Let's see what. Are you going to update everyone on Instagram stories? Do a, little, do a live. <laughs> yeah. Live review. <laughs> Tushy face. Oh, cold. Yeah. <laughs> Here it goes. Bit of feedback. <laughs> can, you add, can you add a functionality that warms the water a little first? <laughs> yeah. Put a bit of lavender oil in there. <laughs> Guys, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I think like uh, like Kerry said, you know, we've just been enjoying more kind of chatty, conversational podcasts and, and hopefully that one has served that purpose for you today. Um, if you have enjoyed it, please uh, just take a moment to leave us a review. It'd be greatly appreciated, whether it's on iTunes or whichever platform that you're, you're listening to this on. We really, really do appreciate it. And of course, you could always subscribe as well and you just get them all the time and that but yeah that's a wrap that is thanks for listening guys big big love any questions as always give us a shout email info at fitfood.com and that we will do our best to help you where we can see you later bye bye